Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Introvert Attraction Podcast. In our last two episodes, we have done a deep dive into rejection and what that experience looks like, feels like for introverts. In our first episode, we talked about why rejection feels so painful on a physiologic level. We talked about why feelings of abandonment feel so threatening and scary and why rejection itself makes us very afraid and why it's normal and common and I would even dare to say healthy to experience those feelings of rejection when someone leaves you or breaks up with you or doesn't want to see you anymore. And then in our second episode, which was last week, we explored some of the internal feelings, thoughts, beliefs, and responses to those experiences that introverts go through specifically after going through the experience of rejection. And then today, we are going to look at the very last step in that process on a psychological level, which is the resulting actions, behaviors, words that we say as an end result of everything that's come before. So if you haven't listened to those first two episodes, I encourage you to go give them a listen. And as we're talking through today, it would be really helpful for you to look back at your past experiences and to kind of piece these out and see what your experience was in response to being rejected And by that reflection, you can then start to make changes to how you respond to the normal experience of being turned down and feeling rejected when that happens in the future. So I am really excited for us to talk about this today, and let's get started. Today, instead of telling you what to do behaviorally or externally, I want us to explore three of the most common responses that I see people have when they are experiencing rejection. So common response number one is to ask a lot of questions, want to have a lot of conversations, and want clarity from the other person on why they have rejected you or why they ended things or why they turned you down or don't want to see you anymore. And this one's really tricky because a lot of times, especially if you've been in a relationship for even a few months, but especially if it's been longer than that, you need to have conversations about why things are ending That's really important. However, there's a very fine line between genuinely needing to have conversations take place that are therapeutic and helpful to gain some understanding and perspective about why the other person is ending things, but it's very easy to take that too far. And there's just this morbid curiosity almost of wanting to know like the deep details, wanting to go way into the weeds, go way into the dark and ask these really personal questions from the other person, all of our worst fears, all of the stories that your brain told you when you were feeling not good enough, when you had anxiety about the relationship. You just ask these really dark questions trying to figure out why, trying to confirm to yourself that your suspicions were correct. Your brain is looking for evidence to support all of the times that you felt insecure and anxious and not good enough. And there is no possible way in the entire world that anything that that person is going to say could make you feel better. You're just not going to feel better when someone's ending things. And when you were peppering people with questions or asking them those deep, dark questions, 
a lot of times they're feeling really activated and triggered too, because breakups are very triggering for people on both sides. And they might feel very put on the spot and they might just start blurting out things that might not necessarily be true because they're feeling really threatened and overwhelmed and are trying to end the conversation. So even if you ask those deep, dark questions that have been deep within the recesses of your mind and all of your worst fears, even the answers that you get might not be accurate. They might not be completely true. And even if the person swears up and down that they are accurate and true, there's no way for either of you to completely know that because everyone has things that are hidden from their own conscious perception. So it's really, really important to recognize those feelings of panic, fear, loss of control, feeling completely destabilized, like you have had the ground ripped out from underneath you. You don't know which end is up. You don't know what's happening. And you're just throwing out questions, trying to grab a foothold to stop yourself from being completely catapulted over the edge. You're just trying to grab hold of anything that will help the situation to make sense. And the person responding with, I don't know, or giving you vague answers then makes you push harder for more detailed answers. And if the person says something that you do not want to hear that's really hurtful or purposely trying to tear you down, that is really not going to help because every single word that person says out of desperation, out of overwhelm over trying to shut down the conversation Every single word that that person says is going to be burned into your brain and it's giving your brain fuel to overanalyze once you're back by yourself again. So the harder that you push, the more poison that you are generating for yourself to then downward spiral when you're by yourself to keep you feeling paralyzed, to keep you feeling worthless, to keep you feeling trapped. Do not fuel your own misery. Do not ask people 25,000 questions trying to figure out why this happened. It's not helpful for you. It's not helpful for them. And it's actually incredibly destructive. And we just kind of have this unconscious sense of, "I, I need to clear out this wound. I need to scrape out all of the pain. I need to scrape out everything that I've worried about, all the insecurities that I've had. I I need to know everything so that I can move on. And that feeling is really about being so overwhelmed by the pain and the confusion and the fear that you feel like you need to do something about it. And just know that no amount of understanding is ever going to help you constructively heal. It's only going to provide fuel and energy for your own self-destruction. Don't do that to yourself. And if you have done that before, do not beat yourself up. Pretty much everyone does this at some point, especially if the breakup comes unexpectedly or if the rejection comes unexpectedly. But if you have done this before, just recognize it and understand that there are reasons why you did that and look at how it made you feel about yourself moving forward and just commit to when you experience rejection in the future, because we all do, whether it's a breakup or a misunderstanding or miscommunication or a fight, just commit to recognizing times where you feel that panic and wanting to know all the reasons why, wanting to respond with the action of asking 25,000 questions, recognizing that in the future, and then starting to step back from that and return to yourself and not giving in to that 
compulsive behavior of asking all the questions and needing to know all the answers and recognizing that while that compulsion is very strong, it is not going to serve you. It's destructive and it's going to make your life worse. And if you've done this, you are absolutely not alone. I can guarantee that probably every person listening to this, myself included, has done this before. So that's number one. I didn't realize this episode was going to be so dark and heavy. (laughs) But I think it's really important to talk about this because especially as introverts, we have really deep, dark thoughts sometimes and we don't even realize it. And if we do realize it, we think, oh my gosh, what's messed up with me? I can't believe I'm going to these deep, dark places. Normally, I'm so upbeat and positive and I don't feel like this normally. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. These are just the deep, dark parts of being an introvert that no one talks about. So I am sorry if this has taken an unexpected dark turn, but I promise that we are all in this together and we are going to work through this and find ways to stay true to yourself in the future. So that wraps up common response number one to rejection obsessively, compulsively asking all the questions, trying to find out all the reasons in an attempt to understand it, because we believe that if we understand it, that the pain will be decreased and it will not. All right. Common response number two often goes hand in hand with common response number one, and that is trying to convince the person that they should continue the relationship or that they should stay with you or that they should continue to see you. And this response often emerges immediately after the person gives you the bad news that they do not want to continue things. This often is not a thought out cognitive response. It is more a response of nervous system activation, of desperation, of desperately trying to avoid being abandoned. And we talked before about why that feels so painful and scary and threatening. So it's very common immediately after the fact to, yes, ask all the questions and figure out all the reasons. And then often that will immediately segue into response number two, which is to try to convince them and change their mind. And this could look like any number of things. And it often does look like any number of things. It's almost like we are unconsciously trying every possible different tactic that we can come up with to try to convince this person to stay. So that could be that you've been under a lot of stress lately. It could be that you want to be better. You could list all the ways of all the things that you've done wrong and all the ways that you're going to work harder to improve. It could be that relationships are not always going to be easy. They're going to be hard. We haven't even tried hard enough. We need to try harder. And it almost takes the form of bargaining in a way. It kind of feels like because often you'll try to say things about yourself I've been under a lot of stress. I haven't been there for you enough. I did X, Y, Z thing wrong. I will be better about this thing. I'm sorry that I let you down. Just minimizing your own needs, dismissing your own emotions and the things that you need in the relationship, just completely throwing yourself at the other person's feet and trying to bargain with them. It could also be trying to change their belief about what relationships should be like. If they are like, this is too hard, I want an easier relationship, you could say, but relationships are supposed to be hard. We're going to be stronger. We're growing together. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get easier. I promise I'm going to make things easier. Just, again, frantically bargaining, trying to convince them that 
the relationship is worth it, that you are worth it, and that they should want to stay with you and stay in the relationship or to continue dating you. And sometimes that bargaining also takes the form of, well, let's just try for another month. Let's just try for another three months. We need to try harder. We can read this book. We can go to therapy. We can do X, Y, Z things so that we can become better together. And those aren't necessarily bad options, but you have to ask yourself where those responses are coming from and if the other person's actually open to having that discussion. If they're telling you things are done, there's a big difference between you just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that they take up one of your bargains that you're so desperately hoping that they will versus you having a discussion back and forth to decide where are we at? Do we want to continue this? What haven't we tried? What do we want to try? That type of conversation is a lot more equal and constructive versus the person telling you, I don't want to do this. I don't want to see you. And you desperately throwing out suggestions and bargains. That energy and that power dynamic is completely different than you having a discussion as equals. And here's the thing. Intuitively, deep down, when we are not in fight or flight and in nervous system activation mode, deep down we know that even if we convince this person to stay with us, it's never going to feel good. You are always going to know that this person is only staying because you begged them to or you convinced them to or you coerced them to. That is never a good dynamic to continue in a secure, mutual relationship where your needs are both equal, where you are both on the same page, that's what you actually want. And you can't get that by convincing someone. And you probably have been in a situation where you throw out all the bargains. The person may take up one of them. They might say, okay, I'll try this for another month. And as soon as the fear and that panic subside, once that nervous system activation subsides, then it's replaced just with this sense of dread and just knowing the entire time, okay, this person did not want to continue this, just low-level dread, low-level panic. And the couple times I've done this when I was way younger, it felt like that immediately after I was constantly on edge monitoring the other person to see how he was acting, just being constantly in fear of it happening again. And it always did happen again. Because even if you convince them, they also know deep down that their heart isn't in it. And when it does happen the second time, it might be more expected, but it still hurts just as badly as if you would have just let them go the first time. So if you've done this before, do not beat yourself up. It wasn't even your authentic self doing that. It is your panic self doing that out of self-preservation. And anytime that we make decisions and take actions out of self-preservation instead of from a place of our authentic needs and valuing ourselves, we are always going to be betraying ourselves. And that hurts our self-trust. That hurts our trust in our intuition and that we have our own backs. So don't beat yourself up if you've done that. And look at the aftermath of that behavior and that decision look at what the outcome of that was and just keep that in mind. If you experience a similar situation in the future, you can change. And that's how we learn and grow if we're making different choices than the ones that hurt us before. The goal is not to never make mistakes. The goal is to learn from them. And that means making different choices in the future. 
So that's number two, common response to being rejected or dumped or broken up with is trying to bargain and convince the person to stay. All right. Common response number three is trying to convince the person and more often trying to convince yourself that you can or should stay friends with this person after they have delivered the rejection. I do see this sometimes in breakups, but I'm going to be totally honest. This one I see the most often with men who have been friend-zoned or men who are friends with a woman and they keep hoping that it will turn into something more, regardless of whether she has officially friend-zoned you or whether that is just a silent subtext of your relationship with her. And this one's such a hard thing to be on the receiving end of for Men, when women say, I'm not interested in you, or more often it's something like, I don't know what I want right now, or I am really busy, I'm really stressed, I don't have time for a relationship, or I don't know what I'm looking for, usually her blaming herself in some fashion, regardless of whether how true that is, and ultimately it doesn't matter what the reason is, and it's not your job to find that out. But it is frustrating to be on the receiving end of that when she is just blaming herself instead of telling you directly if there is something with you. So when women are delivering rejection in this way, the script will often be blaming herself for one reason or another and then extending you the consolation prize of, but we can still be friends or I'd love to still be friends or I'd still like to hang out as friends. doesn't matter what the words are. As a man, being on the receiving end of that, it is really normal to feel frustrated by that. It's normal to feel angry about it because you know better. And especially if you've been rejected in that way before, it can feel very minimizing and devaluing because you know better. And as hard as it is, please try your best to not take it personally because you don't know what she's been through to make her act that way. And it's hard because some women are genuinely avoidant and they string guys along on purpose and they are looking for the best one. They're trying to keep their options open and their intentions are truly selfish and malicious. Those women are definitely out there and they infuriate me. So it's okay if they infuriate you. But it's really important to recognize that not all women have those bad intentions. And some women have had where guys freak out on them and yell at them and call them terrible names and threaten them. Not a good experience to go through as a woman. And from the man's perspective, you can't know the reasons why she's delivering rejection in the way that she is. So I'm not ever a proponent of ghosting, ever, ever, ever. And I'm not a proponent of women saying, let's be friends. (laughs) But at the same time, just make sure you're checking your own judgments as well. Because when women, especially again, like this is all if you're in the early stages, I'm not really talking about long-term relationships. I'm talking about if you are casually dating someone, if you're looking to move into a long-term relationship, just in those early phases, women are going to be so much more likely to blame themselves and then say, let's be friends because women have learned to cope with their own feelings of threats by trying to keep people happy, trying to keep people subdued, trying not to upset or aggravate men. And women don't know what you're like. They don't know how you're going to respond. And and what's scary from a woman's perspective is sometimes men act really sweet until you say, hey, just wanted to let you know, like, I'm not feeling this attraction. I, I think it's best if we even just part ways, not even be friends. And, and, and men can freak out and, and they don't know if you're going to do that. 
So just keep that in mind, even though you know that you're a good person and that you're in integrity and that you would not respond that way. From her perspective, she could never know that. And women are often blindsided by the ways that men respond to rejection with anger and rage. And that does come from fear, but that doesn't excuse their behaviors either, nor does it excuse the behaviors of women who string men along and don't have intention to commit and are being selfish and self-centered. That doesn't excuse their behaviors either. So I wasn't planning on talking about all of that. That just kind of came out randomly. But I did want to say that because it, regardless of your gender identity, regardless of the gender of people you are dating, it's really easy to be upset and offended and just not understanding why people respond the way that they do. But just remember that you do not know that person that well. You don't know what they've been through and there might be reasons for their responses that you can't see. So above all, just don't take that personally. And it's okay to be annoyed and mad if people friend zone you or if they lead you on and then say, oh, sorry, I'm not wanting to date seriously. It's completely within your right to be annoyed by that. But don't allow that feeling, that normal feeling of annoyance and being upset Don't allow that to turn into a poison where you start to resent and hate and be suspicious of everyone. Allow yourself to feel those understandable feelings without allowing those feelings to turn into thoughts and beliefs that aren't necessarily true for everyone. Okay, moving back from that tangent, (laughs) it does drive me a little crazy, though, when women do insist, like, I want to be friends because it's one thing to turn you down and say, hey, but it'd still be cool to hang out sometime. And then you just let it go and move on. There's a big difference between that and someone who perhaps clearly does not want to commit, but they send you mixed signals. They sometimes act like they want to be more than friends. They sometimes act like they want to go on a date with you or act like they are really interested in you. And then they just go hot and cold, giving you a lot of mixed signals, telling you that you're really good friends and you sticking around because you like her or attracted to her and you're hoping it turns into something more. It is not your choice to have her reject you as a romantic interest, but it is 100% your choice of whether you decide to continue existing in the friend zone or not. And maybe I'll make an entire episode around this because I have a lot to say about it. And you don't have to allow yourself to be put into a position of disempowerment. So if someone tells you we can still be friends or I'd love to still be friends, A common response for men in the early stages when facing that type of rejection is to stick around and to be supportive of her. And sometimes you can even fool yourself by saying, well, I I do really care about her. I, I, I don't have interest in her. But deep down, like if you really stop and reflect on it, you might still have feelings for her. And even though you're not consciously doing them with an ulterior motive or an expectation, you have to really look deep into yourself and be honest If all of a sudden she was interested in you, how would you feel about that? If it makes you feel really hopeful, if it makes you feel like, ooh, there could be a chance at this, that's a really bad reason to stay friends, quote unquote, with someone because you are still clinging to that expectation and that hope and that will fester into resentment and anger. And that is not good energy to be bringing to a friendship or a potential relationship. And you're not a bad person if you don't want to stay friends. Even if she says, I'd love to still be friends, you are completely within your right. And honestly, the healthiest way to respond to that is 
hey, I, I appreciate you saying that. I am interested in pursuing a relationship. Thank you for letting me know where you stand. I think it's best if we go our separate ways. That's it. You don't have to say anything else. And then actually follow through with that. Actually go your separate ways. If you're truly being honest with yourself and you truly want a long-term relationship, you should not be collecting a bunch of friends. And you don't need to give a big explanation and you don't need to try to convince or try to understand numbers one and two. Just state calmly what you are looking for and move on. That's it. So that is common response number three. Feeling like you either are obligated to continue staying friends with someone who rejects you or telling yourself the story that you are doing it because you do genuinely want to be friends or because you want to be a good person, but you have that deep hidden ulterior motive or expectation or even just a distant hope that it might turn into something else. And that is common response number three. So if we look at the common theme between all three of these responses, which are asking a million questions to try to quote unquote understand, trying to bargain with the person or convince them why they should stay, and allowing yourself to be put in the friend zone or to convince yourself that you should stay friends with this person because it's the right thing to do or because there might be a chance that they change their mind. The common theme with all three of those goes back to what we talked about in the last part of last week's episode. And That is that the way to move on from rejection or being turned down or being hurt, the goal is to not feel a certain way. The goal is to not try to control the way that another person makes decisions or the actions that they take or the feelings that they have. And the goal is to not perfectly understand the situation, to know the truth, whatever that even means. The goal is to not get closure. The true goal is to move towards acceptance, to no longer attempt to argue with reality, to not argue with the person's decision, to not try to desperately change it, to stop kicking and flailing and trying to control even though those responses make complete sense. They're very rarely rational and they are always in a response of feeling destabilized, feeling threatened, feeling panicked, feeling terrified of rejection, feeling not good enough, feeling alone. All of those things happen automatically. They happen without your consent, without your agreeance. And it's normal to respond by trying to change reality, trying to control it. And then in the aftermath of that, when, once you've kind of processed that, then We can also go into those thoughts and beliefs of it's not fair. They should have given me more time. They should have given me another chance or beating yourself up, saying all the things that you screwed up or should have done differently. Just recognizing the times that you've responded to rejection that way. And the ultimate goal is to process all of that, the internal, the external, and to move towards a state of acceptance. Even if it's not fair, even if you don't agree with it, even if it shouldn't be that way. Again, acceptance is being able to hold two seemingly opposing truths simultaneously. In one hand, yes, it is unfair. It shouldn't have been like that. Maybe they should have given you another chance. No matter what the specific circumstances are, those can all be completely true and justified. And in the other hand, you don't have to agree with what happened to be able to accept it. It can be unfair and you can accept it at the same time. 
And so often when we respond to rejection or being turned down or being broken up with, all of those responses are done in an effort to do something with the really uncomfortable feelings of not being good enough, of feeling inadequate, of feeling unworthy. Those feelings are very, very painful on a very deep level. And any action that we take to try to take back control of the situation or to try to change the other person's mind or to control the decisions that they make, all of those actions are done in an effort to distract yourself from that deep-seated pain. And it's not until you can stop flailing mentally that you can start to see the situation as it is, to accept it even if you don't agree with it, and to choose to move on from it, to move towards someone who is a better fit for you, someone who wants to be with you, someone who is excited to be with you, and not someone you have to convince to stay with you. The right person for you is excited to be with you. They want to be with you. The last thing in the world that they would ever expect is for you to try to convince them. What kind of relationship is that? There are so many people out there who would feel blessed and privileged to be with you. Go find that person. Don't stay in the friend zone. Don't stay with someone who you convinced to stay with you. You deserve so much better than that. And I hope that you can see that and believe it for yourself. And truly, your ability to sit with the physical pain and the emotional pain of rejection, of being turned down, shot down, abandoned, dumped, broken up with, whatever you want to call it, your ability to sit with that pain without acting in destructive ways, either towards yourself or the other person, your ability to sit with that and to choose to cope in a constructive way to move forward with your life That is what takes away your fear of rejection, the trust in your ability to handle it. And that lays the groundwork to date boldly and bravely without living in constant fear and without making yourself helpless to what other people think about you because you know and trust in yourself that you have value, that you have worth, and that the right person is going to see that without you needing to convince them. So I hope that these few episodes have been helpful. And I know I've said this before, but I want to say it again, that if you have continued listening to all these episodes, this is deep, dark stuff. This is really hard. And it takes a very strong, brave, fearless person to be willing to look this deeply into themselves unflinchingly and to be able to stay with that discomfort of seeing yourself for who you truly are, even the bad, ugly parts that you're embarrassed about. We all have those parts. And if you shove them into the dark and you feel ashamed and you refuse to look at them and you suppress it and you bury it, you still carry those with you. And they become very heavy burdens over time. The solution is to be willing to look at them, be willing to shine a light on those shadow parts of yourself without rejecting them, judging them, shaming them. Only then can you move forward as an integrated whole person who accepts yourself, who dates and loves and is in relationships with full self-worth, full authenticity, and full confidence that you can handle whatever life throws at you. And no one can take that away from you. 
So if you've made it this far, I hope that you are proud of yourself and that you take time to feel proud of yourself because not many people are willing to do this deep of a dive into these really painful, embarrassing, scary, humiliating topics. Everyone carries these deep, dark fears of rejection, but not many people are willing to look at those openly and without making excuses and without coming up with reasons or justifications or blaming the other person or blaming the bad situation. Not many people are able or willing to do that. So the fact that you are here says so much about you. And I think sometimes people take for granted how hard it is to do that and just how much you have to have your own back by being willing to do that. So don't take for granted your willingness to face your own fears and your own discomforts. Even if you're not where you want to be yet, you are so much further on the path to healing than you realize. So keep moving forward. Keep moving forward in the face of rejection, in the face of being turned down. Keep turning towards yourself, towards your intuition, trusting yourself. And trusting that whatever happens is going to work out in ways that you cannot see when you're in the darkest times. It's only when you move through that and look back that you can see, okay, that's why I had to go through that. That is why I had to learn that thing. I could only have learned that by being rejected or being broken up with. I wouldn't have learned how to be by myself otherwise. I wouldn't have learned how to take care of myself otherwise. Sometimes we have to go through incredibly difficult, painful experiences in order to learn and grow the most. So no matter how dark it is on your journey right now, just trust that there will be light that is shining through at any time. And that light will seem so much brighter and you will appreciate it so much more because you kept going through the dark times. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for being here with yourself. If any of this resonated with you and if you have any stories that you would like to share of your own experiences or things that you have learned or coping skills that you have found helpful, I would love it if you would connect with me on Instagram. You can find me at Introvert Attraction. I love you guys all so much. Keep moving forward, keep staying strong, and keep believing in yourself. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I can't wait to see you next week. I'll see you then. Bye.